0: All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, how are we doing?
1: Kevin, it has been a day, but the Phillies, yeah. they won a series.
0: They finally won a series. They finally won a series. When was oh. the only series they won? It had to be before that split with Miami, I would think.
1: Yeah, I'll have to go back and a check. A weeks ago? Um, I mean, to be fair, they, they would have beat the Reds if it didn't get rained out. Let's just let's oh, make wow. sure that's oh, –
0: yeah. I mean, they outscored them, so they pretty much won that series.
1: Yeah, uh, it looks like the last time they won a series was actually against Washington as well back in uh, mid-May. So it has been quite it's some been time. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah,
0: they finally won a series. Um, are we back, David?
1: Um, No, Kevin, we're not we're back. back. We're not not back back yet? Okay. We're we're, we're getting close. Look,
0: i – I'm about to sweep away from this diving right back in.
1: Yeah, and honestly, so let's just jump right into the first topic, kind of looking ahead at the Braves. Kevin, they're they're, going to sweep Atlanta. I'm making this Ah, claim. Absolutely. They have set up their rotation where they have Nola, Eflin, Wheeler going. The last time these three pitchers faced against Atlanta, I believe, was the opening series of the season – were, and it, won, it went pretty well. It went pretty well. Kevin, that went pretty well for the Phillies. Um, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, they showed some life, they showed some fight against the Nationals. I mean, they put up twelve runs on Sunday. That's yeah.
0: When they were in cool. the three nothing hole. Yes. They were in a hole early in that game.
1: Now, with that said, they're gonna sweep Atlanta and then they're gonna get pummeled by the Yankees, Dodgers, and the Giants yeah. the next yeah. week. But we will we'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's that's
0: future David and Kevin's problem, not not right now. We're riding a high of a series win, which you just said we haven't had in like three weeks. Um, always feels good. And look, we need Aaron Nola, David, to bounce back because I'm throwing some numbers up on the screen now. He's on the mound tomorrow night in game one. He's 9-9 nine and nine in his last 18 decisions, David, dating back to the beginning of 2020. And He has an ERA of about 5.5 in his last five starts. Uh, we've been in the in the boat of he's been unlucky, but at the same time he's getting really really hurt. After guys get on base, he's given up three run homers. It's totally derailing any momentum the team gets. They might score a run, he comes out and gives up two or three. Um, they really like he's coming into the year. He was supposed to be the ace, right? I mean, that's clearly now with Zach Wheeler. I think we both can feel pretty confident in saying that. With that said, Nola's still a damn good pitcher, David. They need him to come out and be Aaron Nola of 2018, um, 2020 Aaron Nola. They need him to come out and be damn good again.
1: I mean, absolutely. Um, I saw a tweet the other day. It was about the Padres and Yu Darvish. And the Padres are, I believe, 11-1 when Yu Darvish takes the mound this season. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's exceptional. And with Nola, like you mentioned, a lot of his struggles this year have been due to the defense. The offense behind him hasn't been great. But Kevin, there's still points where you kind of look at Nolan, you're like, all right, dude, absolutely. You're in your prime. You're the ace. We need you to come out and just win a ball game. And we need you to not give up a run early. We need you not to blow a lead the very next inning. And and people in Philadelphia are very hard on Aaron Nola, And I think we're both in agreement that he's still he's still one of the better pitchers in the National League. Um Easily. Last- he's
0: probably one of the better number if if you want to classify him as the Phillies number two, he's probably one of the one of the best number twos in the national league.
1: Yeah, I mean, he would still be a number one starter on
0: you – know, 80% of the – I would say 80% of the National League teams. Yeah. Maybe uh, like the Giants, Padres, Dodgers, the Mets.
1: Yeah, outside of the pure juggernauts of baseball, Aaron Nola would still be a number one pitcher. Yeah. We're just seeing Zach Wheeler have the best year of his career. Yep. But you're right. Look, Nola, he's – I want to say the Phillies are six and six when he takes the mound this year. Like you flashed up on the screen earlier, they're nine and nine, or was it 10 and 10 in his last 20 decisions? Like it's just been a lot of, yeah, nine and nine in his last 18 decisions. It's just been a lot of 500 baseball, and the ERA is a little bit too high. The balls in play are a little bit too high. The early runs allowed are a little bit too high.
0: It and always then- seems like they're down when, like, in the first inning when he's on the mound, man. Like I'm going to go back here while, uh, while you continue to make your point to, to see exactly what it is. But it just feels like they're behind every time he pitches.
1: No, it's a really good point because, you know, if you look at some of the numbers, right, you go on the fan graphs and you look at his F4, he's still – last time I checked top 15 in baseball, top 12 in baseball, like still one of the best pitchers. But then you're you're right. Sometimes you have to cut through those numbers and be like, when your ace is on the mound, you're expecting – you know, seven runs of, or seven innings of just dominant baseball. No early runs, not a lot of base hits, a lot of strikeouts. And look, expectations are high, but that comes with being the ace of the staff. That comes with being in the prime of, of your career on, on a fairly large contract. So you're right. The numbers, the FIP, they've all been good. But there's something not clicking in the mental side. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what the issue is. But you're absolutely right. Look, He just needs to come out uh, against the Braves here on Tuesday and just establish his zone find his spot and just go there and win a baseball game.
0: Yep, and I just did the cross-reference. In four of his last five starts, David, they've been down either 2, 3, or 4 nothing in the first two innings. It can't happen, especially with the state of what the team was prior to this week when they really got their guys back besides Didi. They did not have the bats to be able to continue to climb out of holes. Like yesterday was a perfect example of even a week ago without Harper and Real Muto, down 3-0, that game was over. Uh, so, like, it's good they got some of the meat of their is back, which is huge. And let's hope that NOLA can come out pitch a great game tomorrow. They're facing stinking Drew Smiley, who I've gone on record multiple times. I think he's awful. 2-3 um, and three with a 5 9 nine80 ERA. Uh, it's right prime for the take in tomorrow. Then they got a no name in Davidson, who was 0-0 at a 2-3-1 in very limited appearances against Zach Eflin on Wednesday. I'm running them across the bottom here, and then they got Zach Wheeler on the mound Thursday. I mean, you're right, David. This is a great spot to at least take two of three, and a great spot to sweep at home because uh, you know the Phillies are a great home team.
1: Yeah, and you know you mentioned Harper's back. JT's healthy. He just hit his hundredth career home run. Brad Miller's starting to heat back up. Didi Gregorius um, started taking batting practice. He's going to need a rehab assignment of sorts. He's going to have to go Mm -hmm. down to Lehigh Valley. But he's getting close. So you're right. The offense, (sighs) it's coming back. They're they're in a good spot this week. They got their three best pitchers against, uh, you know, two no names. (laughs) And then uh, Anderson for the Braves. Yeah, they're, they're in a good spot. Maybe we're setting expectations too high, but I just feel like they just put up 17 runs over the last two days against the Nationals. Uh, if, if there was ever a time to keep that momentum going, it, w- it would be this week.
0: The expectations too high thing, and I'm not even just coming at you about it. I don't want to hear that because they haven't won in 10 years. I'm tired of sitting around, man. I want to have high expectations. So even if I'm going to continue to be let down, I still want the best for this ball club. Um, we talked last week how I all it took was me for me to turn heel. That's all it took. You know, they come out and then they bash the Nats' uh, brains in. Um, I'm not all the way back in, as I said, but a sweep this week would go a long way, David. It's a shame that the Mets were out in San Diego and the Padres just couldn't really help the Phillies much. Um, they helped them Friday, they didn't lose any ground, but then they uh, win the next two days and the Mets won both days. But I'm going to run the standings across the bottom here again. I think it's big the Phillies are only four games back because look at the Marlins and the Nationals, David. They're really starting to get out of the race here. And the Phillies are teetering. They're teetering. So this is a big, big series this week. Um, that's just one day at a time. Let's just keep winning ballgames.
1: Yeah, and look, you know me. You know how I've viewed this team in May and late April. I I think every single game should – be viewed as a must win just with where the team yeah. is at right now i mean they're just not in the position where they can do the oh you know we'll take one today and we'll take two or three that week i mean they, they got their three best pitchers going this week they have some mm-hmm. the momentum they're almost fully healthy um like it's yeah it, it, it's time to start closing that gap down on the mets because they're only going to get healthier they're going to make moves at the trade deadline yeah. they, they have an owner who's not afraid to spend like they're not going to get worse as the season goes on at least in my opinion
0: No, and Frankie Lindor is starting to heat up a bit. Uh, He's starting to hit the baseball a little bit more. So, Um, hopefully, the worst is behind us with the Phillies because let's face it, May just absolutely stunk. Um, It really hasn't been a fun brand of baseball since the opening week. So, let's hope that we're we're beginning to turn a corner here now that we're starting to get healthy. Uh, I I got to push back a bit on Didi. I don't think he's that close. Like I really don't. I, I said it on last week's show. Um, I don't even think he's throwing right now. I, I I can't envision a scenario where he's back anytime soon.
1: Well, he he took batting practice this weekend. That's that's a step, you know. Like I'm, I, I guess it's close. Is. Close might be a, an exaggeration, but he's he's not just sitting on the bench every day.
0: For sure, for sure. I just man the elbow. It's it, it that concerns me, uh, especially playing shortstop. It. You can't have him doing what he was doing in the beginning of April, where he's spiking throws, and he was the worst
1: defensive shortstop in baseball. Well, and the weird thing with Didi's Dee elbow injury is nobody knows what it was. It just swelled. It's up. ridiculous. Yeah, that's what worries me. That's what scares me. Yeah, I mean, people were thinking it might be like Tommy John, like a ligament, and they're like, no, nah, it just kind of just kind of swelled up. It swelled like, okay. up on Yeah, he had dead arm, I guess. Yeah, who knows? Um, Yeah, hopefully he comes back. But, Kevin, you mentioned turning a corner, and I think that's a good segue kind of into the next topic we wanted to discuss today. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon is a player who's absolutely started to turn a corner. Matt Gelb of The Athletic tweeted out uh, yesterday, McCutcheon's first 93 plate appearances, he was hitting 169. Uh, with a 247 slug. He was one of the worst players, not only on the Phillies, but in all of baseball. Yeah, he was Since then, cool. over his last 132 played appearances, he's been hitting 264 with a 564 slug. Uh, part of that has to do with him being moved down in the order. Part of that has to do with maybe him just finding his timing. Kevin, he, the contract is still a disaster. This this was a bad move from Clem Tap. He's not a guy I think anyone really wants on the field as an everyday player. But him starting to find some rhythm as a – Six-hole hitter, five-hole hitter on some day. Just give him a little bit of pop, putting a ball over the wall once in a while, drawing a walk. That's that's a valuable.
0: Yeah, and look, I know he's listening. I got to uh, tip my cap to my dad who has been saying since they signed Andrew McCutcheon, he should be moved down to one of the power spots in the lineup. It's working so far. Uh, so, you know, I got I got to give him the nod on that one. I like the way their order has been the last couple of days. I love having Odubel and Gene 1-2 because, let's face it, they're their two best hitters in terms of like getting on base, their best contact hitters, base hits. It's those two guys. Set you up for the meat of the order. Um, you got Cutch in a power spot. You move boom down. Uh, one through eight, it's really not a bad lineup, man. And that was – we're getting into hitting season here, so hopefully we saw 17 runs the other day in in a single game. They come back, they score seventeen in their last two combined, including twelve yesterday. Let's hope that we are starting to gonna we're gonna to begin to see the ball flying out of the yard and all over the yard.
1: Yeah, and you brought up O'Double, um, who we we always seem to be talking about every single week because he keeps doing yeah. different things. Um, I've liked his approach at leadoff because for some reason he has now become enthused with the idea of drawing a walk, which was something he never liked doing earlier in his career. And now it seems like he's almost hunting to draw a walk, forcing people to challenge him with a fastball. And then he's, he's spraying it all over. If you're watching with us here on YouTube, Kevin just flashed up. When will team stop shifting Odubel Herrera? And it's a really good point because people are shifting everybody to the right side. And Oduble is just poking balls he down the left, slapping the, left. On
0: the left. Did you see yesterday he had the two run single? And he was saying to the dugout, he was doing this, like, you can't shift on me. Yeah, um, I ran through these numbers previously. I want to run through them again. He has the lowest strikeout rate of his career, second highest walk, highest exit velocity average, highest hard hit average, highest ground ball percentage, lowest fly ball percentage, highest opposite field percentage. I mean, it, the guy's just spraying the ball all over the yard. And he's not – what killed him in 2018 – and we're going to get into Scott Kingery here in a second, is the organization was so fixated on the launch angle that he was just trying to hit home runs all the time, and now he's gotten back to his old self. Uh, Him and Gene Segura at the top of the order, pretty damn good, David, especially because Oduble will run. He's been stealing bags too.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a weakness, that's for sure. Um, With Oduble, and this is kind of off topic, I'm curious if him being away from Major League Baseball for two years – (laughs) <laughs> might have helped him reset his approach at the plate because yeah. I know he was playing down in uh, Central America, South America, I can't remember where he's from off the top of my head. Um, he was playing in one of those leagues. And I'm Played curious. In
0: Maryland, I believe. Venezuelan.
1: All right. So I believe he was playing in the Venezuelan league. I, I doubt the hitting coaches were telling him what to do. Now yeah. they were telling him to try to hit a home run or hit a pop fly or launch angle. They probably just said, Hey bud, go hit the baseball. And that's probably what he was doing. And I feel like at least early signs would indicate, granted, it's still, only June. It's still early. Yeah, he's he's definitely looking more like a player who has a spot at the uh, at the top of the order.
0: Yeah, and we were talking, we were going back and forth, like just you know playfully uh, talking about his war and and like I said, we're gonna get into Kingery here in a minute. But Odubel was a, a a player of. I don't know how to phrase this. He had a war of 4.1 and 4.6 his first two years. Then 2018, that plummeted to 0.6 or something. And now he's probably, I don't know the exact math, but he's like the fifth highest war on the roster. It's like 1.3 or 4. He's probably on pace to be right around a war of four again. I mean, it's not a star, but that's a damn good player. And, And the fact that he's reverted to that, Gene Segura continues to hit. They got Harper and Real Muto back in the middle of their order. Brad Miller's popping them out, which every home run he hits is a majestic home run. It was another one yesterday. Uh, I'm feeling good about this lineup moving forward. Now, they'll probably come out tomorrow and get shut out with
1: 13 strikeouts. So, But I'm going to be there. So. Yeah, see, you're, you're doing – we just established that they only won a game because you <laughs> criticize them. Why are yeah. you now praising the Lions? No, I'm praising them,
0: and they're going to get, they'll get shut out tomorrow. They'll, they'll get swept this week or so. They something.
1: are horrible. They are awful. Yeah. They should trade everybody. They should punt the season. <laughs> um, well, that
0: brings me, before we do pivot to Mr. Kingery here, because that's going to, we really want to get into that. Yes. I just popped up on the screen here if you're watching with us on YouTube. This is this is a question. It says we, David, but it's more so for you. How much longer until we buy back into the twenty twenty one Phillies?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, they only just one, two or three, and we're like, all right, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're ready. We beat the stinking Nats, and we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, the Nats are awful, by the way. It's, oh, they're I, so bad. We've, we've been on that since like January. Yeah. They should trade Scherzer. Just completely off topic. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what are we looking at here? You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So in, in regards to the Phillies and buying back, I'm going to remain consistent all the way to the bitter end that I don't cool. think this is a team that can tend this year. I just don't think they have the pitching depth. I don't think they have the defense. I don't think they have the offensive depth. I mean, look, we, we, we've seen it this past month. They're always one injury away from being one of the worst teams, oh, in the yeah. league. and that's, that's not going to change. Um, you know, we, we got some good reps from Nick Maton, from Ronald Torres. I, I doubt Ronald Torres is going to play this good for the rest of the season. We saw it with Maton. He fell off pretty quickly. Um, but we saw it with Vince Velasquez. He gave you a few starts. Now he's back to being bad. So I, I'm going to remain insistent that this is not a team that can contend this year. With that said, if they can creep back over 500, if they can sneak their way into kind of, you know, the the – the Mets conversation, the wild card conversation, it would definitely make me more excited about making some moves to gear up for 2022. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before. I've read articles on it. I think the best thing the Phillies can do at the trade deadline is start loading up on pieces for next season. Kevin texted me earlier today about uh, Quitel Marte, who would be oh. under team control for another few years. All I'm all in on an idea like that. Uh, in, yeah. I wrote a piece the other night, Richard Rodriguez, the uh, closer for the Pirates. He's under team control for another couple of years. I am all in on those ideas. Yep. So in terms of buying back in, look, if they go out and they they sweep the Braves and they split with the Yankees and they beat the Dodgers and they beat the Giants, I'm in. I'm ready, I'm ready to gear up and make some moves, but for 2022 as opposed to this season.
0: That's fair. And look, I didn't even I wasn't even going to bring up Catal Marte, but that might be my number one target if you're looking at outside of pitching. Love Catal Marte, his flexibility, he's hitting 382 this year, you know, OPS over 1,000. This is a guy who, in 2019, David, finished fourth, very quietly, finished fourth in the MVP voting, 32 homers, 92 rubies, 10 steals, hit 329, OPS of 981, 36 doubles, 9 triples, and he just turned 27. He's under team control through 2024, that's with $8 million guaranteed next year, Option of 10 million a year after that, option of 12 million a year after that. We went back and forth about Bryson's stock. That's the kind of player I would be willing to move stock for, not a rental, a guy who is already a damn good, probably a no doubt all star, right? I mean, he's an all star and he's 27 years old. He goes in the next year at 27. And he's under team control that's the kind of guy i would be willing to move one of your big prospects for someone that's going to be here like you said not a rental you know i'm not trading stock for chris bryant even if you get the extension in place because you can try to sign him in the off season but a guy who's going to be here and be a part of your core i don't see why not we're trying to win you <laughs> know
1: yeah, I, I would personally hold off on Stott. I know he just won, like, the Phillies minor league player of the month. He's really seen the baseball well. But I, I'm with you on that thought process of if we're going to ship off some big pieces. Because you know Dave Dombrowski wants to do it. He's, yeah. itching. He's itching to make a big-time move. He has no um, connection with these guys. He didn't draft these players. He doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't yeah. care about any of these guys. Outside of maybe Mick Abel, who he drafted. But, um, yeah, if they're going to do something like that, go get a guy who's going to be on the roster for the next couple of years, a guy who you can add to that. Uh, that um, Harper, Real Muto, Wheeler, Nola, Core—you can build around. Yeah, like he's—he's he's the type of player you would build around. Yeah, obviously he's not—he's not your centerpiece, but he's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's your what third best offensive player, that's—that's that's that's really your pretty good. good spot. Yeah, yeah, he would be an outstanding two-hole hitter on this team. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's let's pivot to a different. <laughs> a different infielder um, mm-hmm. slash outfielder hybrid, Scott King. This is going to um, be
0: interesting, I feel.
1: Yeah, me and Kevin, we've already texted back and forth about this pretty uh,
0: – We're on opposite ends. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it, for those who don't know, he was outright uh, released from the 40-man roster today. Yeah. He passed through waivers unclaimed, which isn't surprising considering his contract. He's making a good amount of money. Um, so he's going to continue to be with the Phillies' AAA affiliate down in Lehigh, but he is no longer on the 40-man roster, which means the odds of him playing a single inning for the Phillies this season is extremely extremely low next to zero. So now, Kevin, the question begs to be answered. Kingery, once upon a time, was viewed as the Phillies' top prospect. He was a guy who people were comparing to Dustin Pedroia, to Chase Utley. This was a guy who was supposed to be a core central building block couple years later he's now not even on the 49 roster
0: anybody in baseball could have had him david nobody wanted him that should be pretty telling of where he's at um i'm gonna let you have the floor first here okay you make your case
1: yeah so i i like scott and the reason i like scott is because i saw a player in 2019 who was hitting the baseball um he was hitting the baseball effectively he was playing good defense. That year he posted an OPS of 788. And just for reference sake, if you compare that to the Phillies' current roster, that would be a higher OPS than Didi Gregorius, Alec Boehm, Andrew McCutcheon, Odubo Herrera, uh, Nick Mayton, you know, everyone on the bench. Was he an all-star right off the bat? No. But that was a young player who you looked at and you saw an immense amount of potential. And You know, his defense was kind of wonky that year because they played him in left field and then center field and third base and second base and shortstop and all over the place except his natural position. I'm not sure how much of that went into his development. I think it definitely played a role. But, Kevin, where I start to get frustrated is how many times have we seen this with the Phillies where they have a young, exciting prospect, someone who's universally viewed as a piece. And then a few years later, you're looking at them and you're just like, what happened? And, you know, it's still early into Alec Bohm's career, but we're kind of seeing it with him now. We're seeing it with Spencer Howard. We saw it with Mickey Moniak. Right? He could turn things around, but <laughs> probably not, right? And we've seen it with Scott Kingery. And I'm looking, and it's, it's hard to tell because they've switched management structure so many times. But for whatever reason, this organization's development of young players, which is crucial to building a sustained winner, it's just bad.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. Um it has not been good. My only my biggest pushback is it's not like he is innocent in the whole ordeal because at the end of the day, David, you're the you as in the player still need to go produce. Guys go through tough times all the time. Um Reese Hoskins is a great example of a guy who has found the light at the end of the tunnel. It's someone I've been very hard on and he's been able to figure it out. Um it's just to me the think the thing that's made me sour on Scott Kingdry more than anything is there was always an excuse. Uh he was he was a rookie. Then he was playing every position in the, on the ro- on the roster, so you know, he couldn't get into a rhythm. Then he had covid. Um now it's the organization's fault that he's been outright at the AAA and he's not on the 40-man roster anymore. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that the team and the organization itself is completely non-to-blame here. But at the same time, we, we have to hold Kingery accountable as well. He's a grown man making millions of dollars to play Major League Baseball. Um, if I'm not performing well at my job, it, it would be the same type of thing. Like, I would be let go he's not exempt from criticism.
1: No, and you make really good points. And I, I don't want to baby Scott Kingry. You're right, he's a grown man and he's being yeah. paid. Uh, Kevin, made paid a whole lot of money. Um, I guess my, my biggest pushback is there was a point in his career where there didn't need to be any excuse making because he was good. And in 2019, like I said, the numbers speak for themselves. He was hitting the baseball, and he was He's playing above average defense yep. at a multitude of positions. And I just think the Phillies had an opportunity to really commit to him as their everyday second baseman, the position he won a Gold Glove at. And for whatever reason, they prioritize Cesar Hernandez, a guy who they didn't they didn't even want on the roster moving forward, and they prioritized <laughs> Cesar sticking at second base as opposed to just turning things over to Scott as an everyday player and truly evaluating. Does that change the long-term projection of Scott Kingery? Maybe not. Maybe we're in the same place here as we are in the other universe if he ends up in as the everyday second baseman in 2019. And obviously the team was trying to win a championship in 2019. We're able to look back now and acknowledge that was foolish. Um, But I think that's the thing that's always frustrated me is they had a moment where it was like just stick him at second base, sink or swim. Don't try to use him as a bench piece. Don't try to use him as an outfielder. Just put him at the dang position you drafted him at, and see if he's ready to be, you know, be a piece there. And they just never did it. So we'll kind of, we'll kind of never know what could have happened if he was the everyday second baseman. No, it's it's
0: it's a very fair point. And like I said, I think both sides are to blame. Uh, I think the like I said, the biggest thing for me, um, because I'm stubborn and I don't want to hear the excuses. The thing, I think the reason I turned on the guy is more or less because the fan base had every excuse in the book for him when he started to struggle. Um, I mean, outside of 2019, David, he has been marginal major league baseball player at best, like a fringe guy. I think his career war is under one and he had a career war. He had a a career where he had a a war of like three, 2019. Um, Hey man, I'm rooting for him. If he's still with the Phillies, I want him to do well. I want him to come back and, and help this team win. But I'm, I'm, I don't want to get bring up Odubel again, but they're very lucky that he emerged because Scott Kingery really hurt the Phillies by just coming in the spring not not ready. Um, they were banking on him to be the center fielder. Like you know, people can say what they want. He was going to have a huge role on this team, and he couldn't even crack the roster. Um, and we just said uh, like he was outrighted off the forty man. Any team in baseball could have had him. You're gonna sit there. I know we just talked about it off the air, The Orioles, the Pirates. Um, there's gotta be a one of those bad teams out there that could have took a chance on him. I understand the money, but at the end of the day, it's it's not like he's making twenty five million dollars a year. if you if they would have believed in him that he could be a really good player for them moving forward, he's under team control, somebody would have grabbed them. The fact that nobody grabbed them is very telling about you know where we're at right now. And I even mentioned to you, I kind of wish somebody would have grabbed him so we could have cleared some of that money.
1: Oh, I absolutely wish someone would have grabbed him just for the money purposes. Um, yeah. No, you, and I, I don't want to spend too much uh, more time on Scott, but you make a point that the organization, I do think they were expecting him to be a piece this year. Yeah. And I also think they were expecting. Literally what they were, yeah. Yeah. I also think they were expecting Alec Bone to hit yeah. 300. Yeah. And I think they were expecting Adam Hazley to, uh, you know, be a starting outfielder. Granted, his situation is a little bit different. Um, I think they were expecting Spencer Howard to be ready to start big games for them this year. Um, I, I think there's a lot of young players at this organization. <laughs> I mean, I think they were expecting Mikel Franco to be their third baseman a few yeah. years back. And, and yeah. Eddie Galvez to be a good piece for them a few years back. And, and Dominic Brown to be a good outfielder. And Nick Williams, like there's so many names you can list. And again, they've fired coaches, they've hired coaches, they've fired managers, they've hired managers. It's almost like the Eagles medical staff, where no matter yes. what strings they pull, it's always, it's always a bad staff there. Yeah. Um, you know, fingers crossed, Dave Dombrowski kind of gives us a fresh start here. He starts better evaluating players, starts better developing talent, starts making better draft picks. But um, I do think it's a pretty Pretty big indictment, not not just on Scott, not just on the staff, but just kind of the organization as a whole, that they've just not developed any long-term pieces over the Absolutely.
0: last few years. And that's why those guys are not running the organization any longer. Yes.
1: it's <laughs> also why the Phillies are below 500 at the moment, right? And
0: you've been below 500 every year since 2011.
1: Yes, so. sir. It's just where we thrive.
0: Yeah. So – I don't know, man. Uh, you did before we, you know, I, we are got to be getting near the end here, I would assume. We've covered most of the, most of where we wanted to get to. Um, I wanted to circle back on Spencer Howard because we had a pretty nice debate on, I want to say it was either last episode or the episode before. The velocity continues to be an issue. Um, where do you stand? Because, look, I, I still stand where I have all along. I think he's going to be a damn good reliever for this team. Um it's it's concerning to me that late in games in the minor leagues he used to be throwing 96, 97. Now he can't get to the third inning without his V dropping significantly. Um where do you stand after seeing him a few more times?
1: Yeah, um same place I was yeah. a week ago. I, I think he should be in triple A at the moment. Not because Fair. he's bad, Fair. just Fair. because yeah. he's not he's not ramped up yet. And we should be in the bullpen. If See, but I don't think – I think the point is I don't think the bullpen would help him. I think what he needs is he needs to pitch as many innings as humanly possible over the next 12 months to get him ready to potentially be a starter in 2022. And at the moment, he can't do that in the MLB because he's yanked by the third inning for good reason. I was going to say – was- <laughs> I'm not saying they should keep him out there, but for good reason. But clearly he's not ready. Whereas in the minor leagues, you can experiment a little bit more because those results don't matter. And you know, now, now we're circling back full picture. If Chase Anderson – and Matt Moore, yeah, one of, two of the sure. worst starters in baseball this year, Spencer Howard won't even be here. And that's that's on Dombrowski for signing bad pitchers. Yeah. Um, that's on the previous regime for not having more options. I mean, granted, thank the heavens for Ranger Suarez that he's here. Ah, he's, really, he's really saving them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think it's still too early with Spencer. I mean, he's really only had one full year in the minor leagues where he looks sensational. Since then, he's been yanked up and down and thrown left and right and I think they need to really decide is the best plan for him to continue to churn out three inning performances in the major leagues, or is it to start getting him more experience down in the minor leagues? I would side with the latter. Um, They probably can't do that just because they have no one else who can pitch, but um, I'm not not hitting the panic button quite yet.
0: Well, here's my pushback, David, is send him to the minor leagues. What's that do? He still can't go past three innings. Like, what are you gonna do? Just keep him in? And he's well, you
1: him? you have like, him pitch three innings this start, and then three innings and one pitch the next start, and then three innings and two. Got, well, you ramp he, him up. That, that's what you do in the minor leagues. I just think he's not strong enough, or his shoulder is just not strengthened. Then what enough. happened? Because he used to be perfectly fine.
0: Well, he hurt his shoulder, and that's why I think he's gonna be a reliever.
1: I mean, it, it, I'm not disagreeing and, with your logic there. And that's
0: not a knock, though. Like it's it's we've seen it. It's it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The relief pitching is important.
1: But you've also seen guys who struggle with their long-term command develop into starters as their career progresses.
0: It's not the command. It's the velocity. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm saying, saying
1: velocity, velocity command, all of it. I'm saying the ability to throw the ball over the plate like you were when you started the game. You've seen guys who start as relievers get stronger and build up their stamina as their career goes on. I just think Spencer hasn't thrown enough pitches yet.
0: I guess we'll see. I mean, we'll they're see. going to. I could be wrong. To, they're going to. I mean, I could be too. They're going to continue to piggyback him and Ranger, which I don't love. But if it's going to work, it's going to work. And if it, if it's going to help the team, I want them to do it. I don't love the idea of it because you're limiting when you can use Ranger Suarez, who probably's been their best reliever. Is that a stretch? I mean, was he? He's not giving up a run or an earned run in 17 in a third innings or something.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, Brandon Kinsler's up there. He's pretty
0: good. uh, When we (laughs) DFA, how the hell is he still on the roster? Uh, I don't know. I I just want to pull it up real quick. How many outings in a row he's given up a run? Because every time he pitches, David, and yeah, and it's it sucks because we were excited about the move, and rightfully so. Like he was good coming into this year. Um. Wow, he actually went two straight outings without giving up a run. Um, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six outings this year of at least three earned. It's not uh,
1: good. It's I just want to know. I want to know when the Phillies are going to start getting signings like this right. I mean, between Anderson, Moore, Kinsler, Matt Joyce, potentially even Archie Bradley, he's not looked good at all this year. Like it's just <laughs> disaster fringe additions to the roster, and I just want them to start nailing these signings
0: you know what that sucks too is the one they got right is pitching for the los angeles angels and we've said it multiple times um tony watson should be on the phillies i'm assuming his era is still like under three now it's it's mid threes but i mean that's that's a significant upgrade over what yes his whip is only one it's one, and he's a lefty too which is very important yeah and his whip is one flat um I, I'll i never understand that move, David. I don't know what the hell they were thinking.
1: I think they got too excited about Kinsler's personality um, as opposed yeah. to what they were doing on the baseball yeah. field because I don't know how they could watch that man throw 91-mile-per-hour fastballs right down the middle and be like, yeah, that's a, that's a guy we need on the team.
0: Yeah, and um, it's sad because I hope they're fine. I, I'm sure they are, but I hope they are. Um, Chase Anderson and David Hale were displaced on the COVID I.L., I believe it was just – like, I was like, yo,
1: like, no. <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think they are fine. I think it was just because they were getting the vaccine that day. Um, no,
0: I know. And like I said, like I don't want it to be like that, but like part of me was like, good.
1: <laughs> well, and real quick because, yeah, we're, we're about to wrap up. You mentioned the piggybacking idea, and I wrote a piece for Section 2 and 5 uh, the other day that I think it's an ugly way to play baseball. I agree. I hate it. I don't like the opener either. No, but with that said, I think the Phillies should start experimenting with it more. If you can start piggybacking Chase Anderson with Vince, Matt Moore with Vince, all three of them together. I don't care how they do it, but giving the team a chance as opposed to just fingers crossed, Vince can give you a couple innings every fourth day. Um, the, The Spencer Howard Ranger Suarez connection, it's working at the moment. I think you could get similar results if you let Vince go one time through the lineup, Chase Anderson go one time through the lineup, Matt Moore get you a few outs here or there, just to give you a chance until maybe you start looking at some external help. Because at the moment, I just think the idea of continuously trotting out Vince and expecting anything more than, what, three innings, four innings? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tad rich.
0: Yeah, and I was um, set to be like, let's bring up Adonis Medina, but he's not been good at AAA.
1: Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate. I just want, I just want someone to come up and – and help like come on worry. come on dave make a move <laughs> i'm waiting make a move.
1: Debut. he looked
0: pretty good the other day yes he did and he had the oddest major league debut in major league baseball history where the netting falls when the hell has that ever happened it was yeah 20. we didn't even
1: like, um, been talking for 35 minutes we didn't even talk about the net collapse yeah,
0: in yeah. that was uh that was some crazy stuff but yeah, we'll see where we go from here. Um, as we had mentioned, huge three-game set on hand here with the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to run the the starting pitchers across the bottom one last time. We got Smiley and Nola tomorrow, Davidson and Zach Eflin on Wednesday, which I can't believe Zach Eflin's two and five. Can we get the man a win, please? And then Thursday we got the ace against Ian Anderson. So Zach Wheeler on the mound Thursday. We said it at the beginning, David. Can we get the brooms out? Let's get back over 500 as I'm going to pop up here again. They're 28 and 30. It's ugly. They've been hovering around this two-game mark for a while now. Um, Let's get over it. Let's get over 500, and let's not go below it again.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself, and I think that's a perfect way to uh – And this week's episode. Um, Again, if you're not already subscribed, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, We are also on YouTube as well. Again, Kevin, every single time we record, he does great work flashing up statistics, overlays, the starting pitching matchups. So make sure to check us out on YouTube as well. All of those links can be found down below in the description. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. All that good stuff. Uh, That said, we are the Bullpen Blues Podcast, and we will be back. After the Brave series. Go fills.